Hey, 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 hey now. Welcome to the Deadology Podcast from Pencil Hill Studio, New Paltz, New York. I'm your host, Howard Weiner. Today is December 6th, 2023. A half century ago, The Grateful Dead played a memorable show at Public Hall in Cleveland, Ohio. Yes, it's the 50th anniversary of 12673, a much-discussed show if you look online. And I, I think the, the reason for the popularity, um, you know, both for and against the show, kind of centers around the 44-minute version of Dark Star. And um, there's pros and cons and lots of discussion online about that. Um, it really kind of stands out for me personally. And um, if you if you look on Google, search search this show, you'll see all kinds of commentary on it. So it's, I guess, a little bit controversial. I can't imagine anything has anyone has anything against the show, but there are some detractors. Uh, maybe say parts of the Dark Star are boring, blah blah blah. But obviously, this wouldn't be the topic of a Deadology podcast if um, if I didn't think it was all that and more. So this is episode 18, and we're going to jump into that Cleveland show in a minute. Uh, first, I want to tell you kind of like how I came to uh, getting into this show. Um, I, you know, I heard through the years, I may have heard it a couple times. It, it had a you know, life of its own, the Cleveland Dark Star. And for my uh, volume two of Deadology, I was compiling uh, the, the greatest Dark Star's descriptions. Uh, it was one of the uh, Deadology volume two, the 33, the evolution of 33 uh, Grateful Dead jam anthems. So I took Dark Star and other songs and compiled the best versions and, and wrote about, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily rank them, but this Cleveland one did make the cut. Um, I took a vacation in Jamaica. I was on a little Dark Star hunt at the time, trying to get all the best Dark Stars in line for the book. And I had the Cleveland show with me, and I was at the beach. And I played the whole show, and I was just kind of blown away. I was like, what a great show this is. And ever since that Jamaica 2019 experience, this has probably been my most played to, my, my most listened to um, 1973 show. Um, so it really uh, had an impact on me. And uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys out there, ladies out there, love this show. Um, so the, the Dead start off, and instead of getting into every little song on this, there's no problems, no uh you know, no um, tuning issues, no equipment problems, nothing unusual. Everything's just kind of rolling because the Grateful Dead are insane. And at the end of 1973, they're playing so good. So um, I'll just stop off when I have something uh, interesting to say about one of these songs. Uh, open up with Bertha. Consider everything really good because um, everything is right on the money on the show. Bertha, Mexicali Blues, Loser. The fourth song of the night is Black Throated Wind, a very solid version of Black Throated Wind, but I do want to take this uh, Black Throated Wind moment here. And um, for many, for all my life, maybe since I've been at the Grateful Dead, right away I heard that Roosevelt Stadium Black Throated Wind from July 1872. That's always been my favorite. That's the the standard. And nothing has, there's other you know great versions, but for me, nothing has ever really topped that. So I was listening to, uh, you know, the Grateful Dead channel this day, 
in uh, Dead History, David Lemieux played some uh, some of the San Diego first set, and I heard that Black Throat of Win, and I was like, my God, this might be the one. I think that's the best version I ever heard. Um, just Garcia's jamming is like out of control on that, and uh, may, uh, just an intense version. Definitely the best guitar work on a Black Throat of Wind. So I finally found one that is up there, maybe even beats the Roosevelt Stadium um, Black Throat of Wind. Uh, so we're, that's the fourth song of the night, fifth song, trademark, 73 sound, they love each other. When you're listening, to, when you hear they love each other, you know you're in seven, this upbeat version, you know you're in 1973, there's just such joy in, the, in these 73 versions. I mean, I'm glad they did, um, they moved into the slower versions too, because those are great. It's nice to have a sampling of both, but for a short while, you had these crazy hot versions of love each other that were just uh just bursting with joy as this as this one is here in cleveland so let's get a little sample of they love each other 50 years ago today cleveland See that it's true. Show rose along first set here. Fine versions of Beat It On Down the Line, Deal, and El Paso. And then it's time for a Wake of the Flood number. Uh, the second new number of the night. The other one was Love Each Other, even though it wasn't on Wake of the Flood. Uh, you get Ro Jimmy. And there was just something when I was listening to this, something about this version. Just Jerry's voice. Uh, the slide guitar playing, uh, just a beautiful, uh, mesmerizing version here. And uh, it's hard to, you know, you can't rate Road Jimmy's because there's not that much difference, you know, but just something, all these 73s have like a certain, a certain zest. And this one is great. So starting with Road Jimmy, the last five songs of this set are just killer. Just uh, great stuff here. Um, so following Road Jimmy greatest story ever told and for, for me when i 72 to 74 these greatest story ever tolds are just major songs the, the their jams the, the jams in these are so good that i just look, so look forward to if i see it on the set list i'm i get excited uh greatest story ever told is uh definitely one of the top 15 20 songs that the Grateful Dead were playing back in back in these days. I feel that strongly about it. And it definitely fell off the table when they brought it back in the, in the 80s. It was more cookie cutter. But these jams are just so hot. And uh, a couple of cool things about, about this version in Cleveland. Uh, we got uh, Bob does some falsetto singing. He'll do, uh, you know, sing a couple of lines, regular voice, regular style. Then he hits this little falsetto. It sounds pretty cool. And he repeats it on several of the uh, verses here. 
even after the uh, instrumental, he comes back and does it again. Uh, maybe because Donna wasn't there on this night, he did that little falsetto thing, but it sounded pretty cool. Uh, it gives this one a unique sound. He may have done a few others like this but uh, around that time, but I can't recall. Uh, but Garcia's jam is just nuts here, man. A great, awesome, greatest story. Um, you know, and, and without without Donna being there, you don't get the yeah, yeah, yeah cheerleading in the middle. I mean, God bless Donna, but uh, greatest story is at its best just hearing that jam, you know, without any kind of interference, uh, you know, just it, it, it speaks for itself. It's got such power. And this version from Cleveland's awesome. And it's a great setup to go right into China Cat. And once again, talking about uh, 1973 and just how this sounds different as a trademark 73 sound. Uh, they, they started doing the feeling groovy jam a little bit earlier. Um, I think maybe the first, earlier in 73, but they really got developed here at the end of 1973. And this China Cat is unbelievable, just full of joy. And um, quick picking from Garcia and the band, the, the way they slide into the, the, the feeling groovy bit. Um, you know, and also one of, the, one of the great trademark things, especially of this late 73 period, is uh, Jerry playing that wolf. I mean, he's got it mastered, the the tone, uh, the beautiful noodling. It just it's, it's, it sounds different than, than any other time period. And it's, it's just some of my favorite uh, Garcia soloing on this. Uh, so, hey, let's go. Let's go to the audio tape, December 6, 1973. Time to feel groovy with the Grateful Dead.
How about that huge bass bomb from Phil Lesh at the end of that feeling groovy? Another great China Cat writer in the books from Cleveland, 12-6-73. And where to rate that, this China Cat writer? I can't even tell you, man, because all those 73, at the end of 73 and 74 China Cats, they're all huge. You know, I, I think the the best one... The one that I, I'm, I'm most uh, most enamored with is probably the uh, Des Moines, uh, the June 16th, 74 show in Iowa. But there's just so many that, that are up there. Um, you know, you could point out the San Diego 73. Um, UCLA 73 is, is very hot. Uh, you got the all the 74 ones, that Philly one from the Dick's Picks. I forget if it's... Uh, August 4th or August 5th, and he, the, the, how about the China Cat from Providence, 626, another Dick's Picks uh, special there. Just uh, all these China Cats are, are ridiculous. So an amazing period for, for that combo. And this rider has a little extra zest, man. There's, there's something about it. They were just, at this point, um, they were completely on fire in Cleveland. Great cat rider. And um, the final song of this set, uh, round and Around, the uh, great rocker from uh, Chuck Berry. Uh, back in my days in the uh, 1980s, uh, uh, when I started seeing the band in 81, Around and Around was kind of, you know, it, it was cool, got the crowd going, but it was like a throwaway cookie cutter song. And um, But, geez, to be back in 73, it's hard to imagine what it was like to be there. You get a cat rider, and then Around and Around, once again, it's more of like a major song where it's just this cooking rocker. Um, no shortcuts, you know, the jams are hot, uh, just a great way to end the set. So yeah, big, uh, big fan of that, uh, Road Jimmy, greatest story, Cat Rider, and around and around, uh, put a great end to set one in Cleveland. After the boys enjoy an intermission, they come out for set two, open up with, uh, the always charming and lovely Ramble on Rose, uh, the, the hot new tune from Europe 72. And then they play Me and My Uncle, a couple of standalone tunes, get set to rolling in the right direction. Uh, may not sound like the, the most exciting thing in the world, but both performances are good. And what it led to, it was like kind of like a before a tsunami, just like the water receding before a major, <laughs> a major event's going to happen. So um, if you're a band and you're about to play Here Comes Sunshine, uh, if you're in a dead cover band, See how playing Ramble on Rose and Me and My Uncle before it works out because for whatever reason, the ensuing Here Comes Sunshine on, at this show in Cleveland is freaking nuts. Uh, but before they jump into Here Comes Sunshine, Bob says a couple things over the mic. Um, I'm not looking at the exact uh, verbiage and words, but he said something along the lines, talking to somebody in the, the audience about this guy looks like he's from the... Venusian Red Chorus or something along those lines. And then he says, it just lets the audience know that Donna's not with us tonight. She's at home getting big and round. Um, obviously referring to her getting ready for the birth of her first, first son. Um, and just here comes sunshine. If, if that's the case, if, the, if that's what inspired it, they were thinking of Donna at home getting ready to give birth to her first kid. But, Something inspired this this version. It's such an outlier. When I when I went on that vacation in Jamaica, this 
I was just sitting at the beach and I'm listening to this Here Comes Sunshine and it was the most amazing 10 minute jam and I and I, and I listened to it so many times since then clearly better than any other just an outlier version clearly better than any other version uh, so I'm going to play a little cut of that right now uh, but just keep in mind from the point I'm playing uh, the Grateful Dead have already laid down about six intense minutes of Here Comes Sunshine somehow these the creative uh, genies kept rolling and rolling and they're hitting licks that they've never hit before and Here Comes Sunshine and uh, somehow they keep building on the intensity but check this out the last couple of minutes of the first long instrumental of Here Comes Sunshine
creative genius of Jerry Garcia on display there with another trademark 1973 Grateful Dead tune, Here Comes Sunshine. Uh, By the way, if you want to hear the whole performance of this Here Comes Sunshine, I got it up on my YouTube page, Positively Garcia. You can check it out there. I think I also have the Sugar Mag, which is a barn burner from this show on on that page. Um, and obviously with, with the Grateful Dead, there's easy access to their, to their archive, various sources. Um, one of the things when, when, I hear, when I hear Garcia play like that, it sounds like just like a dueling guitarist, you know, just like going a blues and call response, uh, but one man doing it, <laughs> you know, it, it sounds like two great guitarists up there trading licks, and it's just uh, uh, Mr. Garcia doing his thing. And the odd people have for for a style, like that's one thing I love about hearing John Mayer when he talks about uh, Garcia. He just he, he can't even fathom, like I mean, he understands what Garcia is doing, but he doesn't fathom how one mind, how one man, could come up with these patterns of playing that are just unlike anybody else. And hey, that's that's our guy Jerry Garcia. And um, another, uh, the best version of Here Comes Sunshine you'll ever hear. So the, we're moving towards the Dark Star. Um, after Here Comes Sunshine, we get a Big River, you know, a, a rocking version. We're singing great. The band is just hooking it up, doing uh, doing right by Johnny Cash's tune. And um, once again, I, I just I love the sound of Garcia's good guitar in this big river the just the ripping leads it's not not as long as some other ones but just the 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 band's on fire here and they're setting the stage for uh what's going to be a a huge masterpiece um where we have the fifth song of the set dark star now this dark star starts off i mean keeps playing the fender roads which right away gives it the craziest different feeling so it's kind of like he's tuning up a little bit Jerry starts playing some notes. Uh, Billy comes in with some cymbals, a little bass, a little rhythm, a note here and there. It's the sickest thing I've ever heard, the most hypnotic. There's no nothing kind of like this beginning of this, this Dark Star. Just layer after layer, these this music's coming in, and you're like, how does this happen? It's, it's like the, the universe, the universal mind at work through the Grateful Dead. How did they know what to do at that particular point? And um, I, I had this weird experience when I was listening to this, once again, from my Deadology Volume 2 book. It was either before, it was before I went to Jamaica, because it was uh, late fall. I'm in the Botanical Gardens in the Bronx, uh, surrounded by one of the worst urban areas, pollution, noise, in the middle of this this crazy... Uh, metropolitan chaos there's the botanical gardens one of the most beautiful places you'll ever see and i'm listening to this dark star i pull over to by a waterfall and leaves are falling from the trees into like this little pond and the pond's moving and there's a little waterfall and i'm standing at the bottom of the waterfall it's like the craziest thing these leaves are coming down about 40 leaves per minute like it's a parade they're falling down one by one, different colors, as if somebody's putting on a show. The, the The universe is putting on a show. But it wasn't like there was one, the wind came in and there was 80 leaves in one minute and two the next. It, it was some kind of perfect 
uh, procession going on, something that you have no control, you can never explain. It was the most craziest thing I've ever seen. And at that point, I'm listening to this dark star. I'm like, this is the same thing. Just some something that's so brilliant. Um, you know, just you can't even explain it. There's, there's, there's no no words you can put to it. That's how cool the beginning of this dark star is. And it's like the, the, the dead almost don't even know what they're doing. It's almost like an unconscious flow going on. And um, very hypnotic, very, but very subtle at the same time. And, you know, they're kind of rolling along and... All of a sudden, you're in Dark Star, and you don't even know how you got there. Some the, the tuning goes to the to the actual song, and it's, it's almost like a, a, tr- a music, an oral trick. Like, how did they even get into Dark Star at this point? But a few minutes in, Jerry's doing his thing, jamming, and things rolling along, and it's just got this jazzy flow. You're in, you're you're in a jazz club, you know. It's not like they're they're not knocking you out like they did in 1972 with it. They're just they're trying to get into this jazzy kind of flow that they'd never been into before um i did have a discussion with this with a friend we were like talking about the 73 74 dark stars and there's no doubt we like the 72 dark stars better there was like a point that they would come out there's so much improvisation going on but it was almost like they they were on a mission all right for this few minutes we're going to do this then we're going to do a thematic jam then we're gonna give Billy a solo, and it, 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 there was some. It was great. They are the best dark stars. The '73 just had like a different flow to it. It's like they were trying to do something, like the group mind take over instead of you know having these thematic things within and just kind of let something develop out of nowhere. And there, there's a lot of very cool versions, but not as good as '72. But I think what they were aiming for, uh, with, with all all they were doing in the, in these '73 and '74 dark stars. Everything came to fruition at this Cleveland Dark Star. I think they got exactly what they were looking for on on this night. So we're rolling along. We get about 10 minutes in, and Phil's just bombing the, the hell out of, out of the Cleveland public hall at that point. You would think he, he had a, a vengeance against the, uh, the public hall or something because it sounds like the place is about ready to collapse. But it's a beautiful little arc to the music uh, to take it up to another layer where the band's going off with some more jazzy jamming. And you know they're in Dark Star, but it, you know it does. It may sound like the lyrics may never come up. It may just be like a Dark Star jam, and it's going on and on, and it's very cool. And it's only when you hit the twenty-one minute point that Garcia clearly states the Dark Star lead. You know, it, it, it's I don't know any other version like that where it takes so long to really like kind of definitively state the Dark Star lead. And usually at that point. Anywhere from 30 seconds to two minutes, you'll get Jerry jumping in with the first Dark Star verse. Cleveland, it's time out of mind, man. Time is suspended. This Dark Star little intro goes on for about four minutes before Jerry jumps into Dark Star and he sings it with such, like, you know, such passion. So 20, it's 25 minutes till Jerry gets to the, the verse first of Dark Star. And some, some of the controversy or discussion around this, some people call it boring, this and that. This 25 minutes is the cool, if, if you don't love this 25 minutes of the Dark Star, um, you, you better start listening to Van Halen or something. It's, you know, this is this is what the Grateful Dead are all about, just doing music that can never be conceived by any other, no other band could do anything like this. Cover bands, jam bands these days, they were just in their own realm and nothing says that like this this Dark Star from Cleveland. I'm such a huge proponent of it. Now, where you you might find some credence in what some of the criticism with this Dark Star came is after the first verse, 
then you hit a point where it's almost where Phil's completely dominant for the next 10 minutes, just hitting these crazy droning bass notes. And um, it kind of sounds like a sea stones, which isn't that bad, but you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't list, spend a lot of my spare time listening to sea stones. I think it's a, it was a cool project uh, that, that him and Ned did. And, you know, and, but I'm listening to this in this dark star in this, in this uh, structure right here, it's working, man. It's just, you know, but when I heard it the other day, I couldn't believe how much I actually enjoyed it. And uh, the, the rest of the band's pretty laid back during it, but they're doing their thing. Once again, just kind of like the universal mind pulling in what it needs at the, at the point. Um, Garcia's doing some little noodling. It's n- it's not upstaging, but it's just working with what Phil's laying out there. And he's laying out like these structures of music where some where things could just flow in and, and the band's picking these little right times to put in some stuff. So it's a very ex- experimental, avant-garde, but pretty damn cool. Once they get past this, the, 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 the bass point with Phil, they get back to that jazzy jamming and it's it's actually very intense once you get past the, the Phil basing thing. So um, And it goes all the way to the 44-minute mark which is completely insane. So I, I find the whole thing invigorating all the way through. I would definitely put it in a top seven Dark Star category. It definitely, it definitely is in there for me. I think you're nuts if you, if you don't like this, this, if you're a Grateful Dead fan and you, and you don't love this Dark Star. It's, it's you know just very cool, one of a kind, very different. And after 44 minutes, I don't I don't think anybody knows where they're going. Anybody in Cleveland knows who they are. The the dead don't even know what they're going. But at one point, it's either either Bob or Jerry cuts into the eyes lead, um, the the eyes. I mean the eyes chord riff, and we're off again with another Wake of the Flood song. You know, um, after you got Here Comes Sunshine a few before and Road Jimmy, and now we got Eyes of the World. And um, hey, what 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 could uh. What can I say? Or you know, Eyes of the World is it, man? Great, majestic versions. Once again, trademark '73, '74 uh, sound, but especially '73, which is definitely becoming my favorite uh, Grateful Dead era, man. I listen to these, the, the Denver show. I mentioned San Diego, UCLA, uh, Boston Music Hall. These are just such great shows. That, like I can't, I can't believe how good this period is. The more, the more I listen to it. So you got the Eyes of the World coming here with the epic outro jam, and this Eyes of the World will will not go up there with like the big three. You, you got the, some of the other other tunes, the China Cats. Very tough to rate, but I think there's a definitely a clear big three when it comes to Eyes of the World. You got the. Roosevelt Stadium, August 6, 1974, Nassau Coliseum, um, the September 7th, 73, and of course the Winterland, 10-19-74, the one from the Grateful Dead movie, though I call those the big three, uh, but there's others, the rest of them are all so hot, I, th- I was really kind of surprised by one from uh, RFK, I think it's 610, that one kind of took me by uh, by storm when I heard that. But this this one, by the way, is very good from Cleveland. Um, you know, going through it, no complaints. But it's there's like a cool strangeness to it. It's like when they go into that outro jam, at times it sounds like it's going to dissipate and go back into Dark Star. It's a very unusual for for an eyes outro. At times a little disorganized, but when they get it together, it's pretty cooking. Um, and you know, they turn the corner pretty good on it, and it's 
definitely a hot version. About 14 solid minutes of eyes. Once again, that that trademark 73 man is just uh, uh, one of the one of the greatest things you, you'll ever hear. These that the, the love each other. The here comes sunshine. The feeling groovy jam. The long eyes outro. Man, praise be late 73. Uh, from that Oklahoma City sh- show going forward through Cleveland into the 1219 Dick's Picks. It's just unbelievable stuff. All right, so you got Eyes of the World, and then they stay with The Wake of the Flood and give you a Stella Blue. Uh, Jerry's singing it once again beautiful. He's totally channeling Love and the Hunter lyrics. Such a great song, uh, Stella Blue. So j- just look at that that trio right there, how cool that is. Dark Star. Eyes of the World, Stella Blue. What what a Jerry triplet. Amazing. And um, after a night of several masterpieces, the Grateful Dead have one more rock and roll cherry to put on top of this show. Uh, perfect ending for, uh, for Cleveland, Sugar Magnolia. And uh, once again, the 72, 73, 74 Sugar Magnolias, insane. Uh, this one is definitely up there, top 10 from that period. It might be as high as the top five. It's, you know, this is one of those, another one that just blew me away when I was on the beach in Jamaica, how hot it is. And once again, it's a, the sound of the wolf guitar, just Jerry going off on, on the jam and the joy they took in the, the rhythmic pleasure of the, of the Sugar Magnolia. Uh, hey, once again, let's go to the audio tape. December 6, 73, Public Hall is in in the thick of Sugar Magnolia Madness.
this is why I love 12673 Cleveland. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest my case. And hopefully you guys enjoyed episode 18 of the Deadology Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Weiner. Uh, my website, tangleupintunes.com. Also got um, book, my books are available on Amazon. Just put Howard F. Weiner in there and you'll see a bunch of uh, Grateful Dead books pop up. A couple of Dylan books in there too. Um, yeah, I'll be back next week. Going strong here every week with the Deadology Podcast. And my focus has been on particular shows on anniversary dates and uh, different years. Um, but I think I'm going to, next week, I'm going to go back to the song. I'm going to focus on one song, uh, the evolution of the song and the great versions over the years. And I'm going to keep that song a mystery until next week. Um, hope, hope you all come back and listen again. Uh, Deadology podcast available everywhere, YouTube. Um, Amazon, Apple, Spotify, you name it. Thanks for listening. Peace out.